All right, Kevin Barker, I think it was uh, it was an article in The Athletic. Don Mattingly talking about the Blue Jays and basically saying, you know, maybe part of the issue with, with the dialogue around the Blue Jays isn't uh, shouldn't be so much about runners and scoring positions, et cetera, et cetera, and players not living up to uh, their reputations. Maybe the Blue Jays were just the type of team that wasn't going to score a lot of runs based on home runs. They were going to have to pick away and grind away. Uh, well, the home runs certainly helped tonight, didn't it? A 7-3 Jays win over the Boston Red Sox. A game that, uh, well, Kevin, you said on on Blair and Barker this afternoon with Alec Manoa making a start, job one for the Blue Jays was to get out to an early lead. Let's see what it would look like with this team scoring first, getting to an early lead. Four pitches into the game, it was 2 nothing, thanks to Vladdy and Whit Merrifield. And, I mean, Alec Manoa took advantage of that. I'm looking at his numbers from tonight. 23 of 27 first pitch strikes. That's almost as good as his uh, first pitch strike percentage July 7th uh, against the Detroit Tigers. Actually, it's a little better. And that was in his first start back from from his, whatever you want to call it, rehab stint. Uh, 89 pitches tonight. He got 30 called strikes and whiffs, seven called strikes in his slider. His uh, four-seam velocity was almost a mile an hour higher than his average against a good lineup. Pretty hard to not come away from this game without feeling uh, a little satisfied if you're the Blue Jays. Yeah, he got sent down. It wasn't a rehab assignment. I think we should stop saying that, right? He was underperforming. He got sent down. There was better options. That's life. I mean, that's being a big leaguer. And when you're not performing on a really good team, you go down. Now, if you remember correctly, one of the reasons why he got sent down was conditioning and, and throwing program. Uh, he's taking care of that. Like, it's getting better. I've had conversations with people that are really close to that. It's gotten better. It's getting to where, you know, he's able to repeat things. He's able, like he did tonight, to have better sit and drive with his legs. You could tell that. When he got sent down, he was taller. His arm uh, rotation was a, a lot taller and off balance. That's why the ball was going all over the place. He wasn't throwing it as hard as he wanted to throw it. You mentioned the velocity on the four-seamer had went up. It was effortless. Because he's got big, giant legs. You have to use them. It's when you pick the leg up, uh, you have to be really good with the drive. you got to be having good sit. you got to have good follow-through with that. You can't have a sit for a little while, stand up taller. That throws everything off. And then the ball and the velocity and everything that you're trying to do is not working. That wasn't the case. You mentioned it. He was throwing harder. He was locating the slider better. Now, glove side to lefties. Still a work in progress, right? But you can get away with it if you're throwing a little bit harder. And I mentioned this to you. Where's the little extra gear? He had the little extra gear tonight. You could tell he's feeling frisky with the attitude, the extra gear. The backdoor slider to lefties was a big pitch for him. He could back foot it when he needed to. Again, still a work in progress, but you got to love the velocity because of the mechanics. That's the big thing, right? Now, because he's taking care of some things off the field, which allows him to come between the lines and be better with mechanics. Drive down the mound with some authority and stay within it, right? Stay within it. just allows everything to be effortless. He'll get to the finish. He'll throw harder. He won't have to think about trying to do it, and that's sort of what you're seeing now. you got to like that. But, again, it gets back to what you mentioned. You score first where every pitch doesn't seem like it's a do-or-die pitch. That's what happened. He pound the zone. You give up a solo shot, so what? 
That's that's what you're supposed to do when you're a really good team, and that helped them out, right? The lineup all of a sudden started to help them out. You can see when they do hit just sort of how good this team can look because of how who the dudes are that stand on the mound. Yeah, they had, uh, what, five solo home runs tonight um, and an RBI off the bat of uh, Vladdy in a 7-3 win over the Boston Red Sox, the first of three games at Fenway Park. 416-870-0590, star 591 it's Blue Jays talk with Blair and Barker. A winning edition of Blue Jays talk, a 7-3 win for the lads over the Boston Red Sox. We have to talk about Davis Schneider, obviously. Gets a home run in his first at bat, Fenway Park. Uh, over the green monster, in the green monster seats, I should say. It actually hit a hit a sign. Otherwise, it might have gone out of the it might have gone out of the park. I uh, reached on an infield hit. Seemed to surprise the uh, second baseman Urias for for Boston. What did you make of his his at bats? What did you make of his game, Kevin? He was what? He was three for five with the strikeout. I meant I'm sorry, two for five with the strikeout. I mentioned his first home run. What do you think of him? Yeah, the strikeout came with runners in scoring position. I, I sort of chuckled at that. I mean, I, you shouldn't, but it did. It, it's look. I I think it's exactly what everybody says it was. Right? It's simple. Uh, it's fluid. Uh, it, he has enough bat speed to catch up the velocity. Now the big maple didn't have the cutter. When he doesn't have the cutter location, it's mm. basically a bad BP heater. That's what it was. And you know, he threw a couple of them. He flew one. I think to Vladdy threw the one to to Schneider there that. He, they hit for home runs. That's sort of what happens, right? Is It looked to me like the entire lineup. We've been talking about that. We talked about that today. We talked about that with John Snyder today. you got to be ready. you got to have the same game plan one through nine. Jeff, did it look like they were ready to hit the fastball? And then you adjust to everything else? That's what it is, right? Yeah. You go up to the plate knowing a dude throws a four-seamer 59% of the time. Forget the knuckle curve and the cutter. You be ready athletically. To hit velocity, that allows you to adjust to everything else. And it's amazing when you're ready to hit how you get good pitches to hit. And when you get them because you're ready to hit, you don't miss them because you're a really good hitter. And that's sort of what happened here tonight with one through nine. They just had better at bats. They were ready to hit. So hopefully they can carry this over, have the same game plan, stick with it, go to the plate, take your chances because you're a good lineup, you're a good hitting team, and if they do that and they help out the pitching staff that, oh, by the way, has been really, really good, yeah, look, all of a sudden now you're talking about a better team and somebody that can look like they can compete in the American League East. It was nice seeing Jordan Hicks come out of Fenway Park, wasn't it? Pitching like yeah. that. I mean, it's yeah, been I mean, a while. 99 would run. I mean, that's some serious stuff, dude. Again, we get, it's sort of that thing I've been preaching and yelling and screaming about, they need no-brainers. And I was wondering if Jordan Hicks is a no-brainer. He's got stuff like that. I mean, you throw a running two-seaman, 99 to 102 to a righty or a left-handed hitter, I just, you somewhat locate that thing and you're you're competitive with your slider. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's about at the trade deadline as no-brainer as you're going to get, and he's a nice little lad. That's what it does. They're trying to shorten the games. You want to make these things little league games. That's how you win World Series. You get timely hitting, play great defense, you pitch, you make it a little league game because you have no-brainers. Yeah, I'm with you. It's sort of nice seeing that dude that could say, I got it. You can't hit it. Yeah, it's, Sorry. Uh, you know, with all, with all due respect to Jordan Romano, it's – Different seeing a guy throwing 14 sliders to get a save and another seeing a guy throwing 102 with run to get a save. Matt in Vancouver, what's on your mind? Hey, fellas. 
so uh, two topics I had. Um, one was the Blue Jays related, and uh, the other one is a question for Kevin. Uh, the first one about the Blue Jays is um, you said five uh, today. I just feel like uh, they hit a lot of solo home runs, and I, I'm just guessing, but maybe it's because hitting is at its easiest or most relaxed when there's nobody on base. Uh, pure speculation, I just noticed that they tend to do uh, a lot of soloing. Uh, and if you hit five, then you'll be all right. But, uh, yeah, the hitting thing was um, I'm actually uh, playing in a, a beer league, and um, uh, this season I rolled over a hell of a lot. Like, out of 34 bats, I only hit 206. And good news is that I only struck out eight times, but I'm just uh, grounding out a lot. And uh, out of those seven hits, only two were kind of felt like they felt right. But, uh, yeah, I want to get it down and get it singing. So if uh, any tips uh, that might help, I'm all ears for it. So thanks, fellas. Yeah, just uh, where, where do you want uh, our uh, operators will talk to you off there. We'll tell you uh, where you can send the money. Okay, that's 200. Is it, now, this is beer <laughs> right league base. This is beer league. Like, are we talking baseball, softball? So, yeah, we're talking like hard balls, wooden bats, and uh, it's oh. like um, – Okay. Uh, yeah, and uh, real grass. Yeah, okay, much. so that's four, that's four hundred and fifty dollars. Um, uh, you can make the check. Four hundred and fifty. Yeah, you can make the check payable. Anyhow, I'll pass you over to Kevin. Okay, Kevin. here's one. Well, here's one free piece of advice. When you're rolling over, move around the batter's box. Like, change the point of contact. It's real simple. Don't change anything mechanically. Move around the batter's box, whether it's closer away. Do something different. Change the point of contact, and all of a sudden you're hitting the ball in a different area. That might help. So. Yeah, look, the five home runs, let's not get greedy here. They were still 0 for 7. They won a baseball game on the road. They were 0 for they 7 with runners in scoring position. They still, they still stink with runners in scoring position. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just continue to hit five homers. That's all you got to do. You know, whatever happened to, like, you know, we're not worried about artistic merit, point, merit points here, man. We just want the win. That's it. Just want to win. You got to keep the Red Sox at bay. Now, the Red Sox are closing in on you. Yeah. Um, you made an interesting uh, point about James Paxton, though, who has had pretty good success against this team. But, Kevin, the cutter was not working tonight at all. Vladdy hit an 86-mile-an-hour cutter out. It was a cutter that Davis Schneider hit as well. I think it was it was 84 miles an hour, a shade less than 84 miles an hour. He, he just didn't have the cutter tonight, did he? Yeah, it's, ama- it's amazing sometimes when you can add a little shell shock to a pitcher because you are aggressive and ready to hit. Like, uh, that's just what we've been yelling and screaming about. You ain't going to make a living off hitting breaking balls. You can guess that stuff all you want. You ain't going to make a living doing that. But you can make a living being ready to hit the heater. It just looked to me like one through nine. I may be overlooking this, and I may be thinking about it too much because we talked to John and how much we've been talking about these game plans and executing them and simplifying them. Boy, it just looked to me like the first four or five innings, they were ready to hit. Like, get that thing down. Like, their takes were better. Like, they were on time with their takes. Like, on time with an on-time take basically means that I can, if I swing at it, I can hit it hard somewhere because it's in my zone. That's what an on-time take looks like. And for me, they look like that one through nine that the plan was, don't ever think this thing. Throw this fastball bunch, get ready to hit it. And if you're ready to hit it, you might shell shock him enough that he aim in the cutter He'll leave a couple in down the middle. That's 83. That's good hit, and that's what happened. Yeah, John Schneider mixed up the uh, the lineup today with George Springer hitting second. Danny Jansen moved up into the uh, cleanup spot, and Davis Schneider hit in the seventh spot in his uh, Major League debut. Again, he had two hits, a home run, and an infield hit for the Blue Jays. Dalton Varsho, a good night. Got on base three times. 
infield hit, home run, his first home run. Uh, this is stunning. His first home run. Well, it's not really stunning. His first home run since June 17th. I mean, I don't know what you would call that other than an extended drought. He's Jim and Hamilton. You want to shine? You want to shine some optimism on this thing, right? You you thought that was one of the biggest wins of the year. I'd like to be a half full glass kind of guy like Kevin, but outside of Manoa and Davis Schneider, I'm unimpressed. This game was an anomaly. You look at what they've done for four months, and I expect that to continue tomorrow and next week. Uh, for the five o'clock show, you guys didn't take any calls, but I left a message. Uh, prior to this win, and I was going to ask Kevin, when do you start benching these guys for three days? Hey, Vladdy, have a seat. You got three days to figure it out. Work on it. Or a khaki or a coach. Something needs to be done. This four-cylinder engine has two cylinders that aren't firing right. Kevin? I'll let uh, I'll let you I'll let you answer that question, Kevin. Yeah, if this, if this was uh, if this was May, yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe you might set an example and, and dare I say, bench Vladimir Guerrero Jr. But what's the other option? I mean, basically, they're waiting for him to explode. Like that—that's basically what they're waiting for. I mean, every time you hear Ross talk and John talk and every hitting coach talk, I mean, there's 15 of like they all say the exact same thing: we're waiting on Vlad to do his thing, like waiting on Vlad to do his thing, like waiting on Vlad to do his thing. That's sort of how they're going to turn this thing around. And maybe, just maybe, it's as simple as him getting ready to hit and. I just, I don't listen. I I, I don't know. I'm not a fan of benching somebody unless they're dogging it. And I don't think Vladdy's dogging it. I I think he's confused right now. I think um, he's probably getting the wrong advice from some people when it comes to hitting. I think the hitting strategy in this team is by and large stunk for most of the year. I think it's pretty, pretty safe to say that. Um, But benching doesn't, benching isn't going to, isn't going to change uh, what Vladdy swings at or what he doesn't swing at. I mean, it just, it, it got, if anything, it's going to give him more access to the freaking iPad. So I just assume that he, uh, I just assume that he, that he play. I mean, this yeah. benching thing, Kevin, we talked about this. This ain't hockey. Like this isn't, it, it, it's not a matter of these guys not trying. It does. And it does. It's not a matter of sending a message. It, it, it's a matter of, you know, they've, they've got to perform, but you got this idea, man, that you bench somebody that all of a sudden Vladdy's going to be mad and he's going to go out. And well, you know, I, I'll tell you what, I would be willing to bet Vladdy playing for a multi-year contract. That's a whole hell of a lot more motivation for him than responding to a benching. I, I just don't, I, I don't get the benching thing. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I look, I think John's done enough to send a message by moving around the order. I think when you're not performing, he moves you down in the order. Like it's, he, like James Paxton, uh, Matt Chapman's not very good against him. He puts him in the six hole, right? That's sort of what you're doing now is there's a couple of dudes that are going to be in the same spot, Witt and Vladdy, and then there's everybody else. And when everybody else is not performing, they're going to be moved around. That's just sort of how it is. I think that's the way you set the tone and the example is it's due to performance. 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590. The Blue Jays have beaten the Boston Red Sox for the first time this year, 7-3. They're now 7-1 against the Red Sox. 1-7. What? 1-7 against the Red there Sox, right. They're 9-9. Nine and nine, I got it all confused. What if they were 7-1? They're 9-23 and <laughs> in the division. They're 9-23 and in the division, so uh, there you go. 
one and seven against the Red Sox <laughs> with two games left in this series. You got to get it right. Four ten is the first pitch tomorrow. <laughs> Good grief! So you, uh, you Alec Manoa, um, uh, the biggest the biggest step forward since he's come back. Absolutely, he's in better shape. Arm looks better. Looks quicker. He's sitting in his legs more. He's throwing a little bit harder with the four-seamer. He's locating the slider because it has better finish to it. Uh, yeah, I mean, he has confidence. He's not thinking about his mechanics now. Yeah, like he's he got slapped in the face. It looks better. He didn't look better on the mound today just when he walked out there optics-wise. It did to me. Like I wanna, that's, I wanna that's ask how you, it's supposed to look. Yeah, I want to I, I wanna ask you a little bit. A great story Danny uh, Dan Shulman uh, told in the uh, telecast tonight. Uh, about Phil Nevin. Now, the last time we saw Alex Manoa, of course, he hit Tyler Ward on the uh, in the face. He has facial fractures. He's out for the rest of the year. Uh, look, Alec, Alec hits batters. That's kind of the way things have been. He was obviously, we. I mean, everybody who watched that was upset. Obviously, he was upset as well. I thought it was kind of cool, Danny's story about Phil Nevin reaching out to him and hooking him up with Ward so that Ward could basically hear, hey, you know, there was nothing to it. And Ward could basically tell him, oh, hey, I understand there was nothing to it. Because I kind of made a note of that. I wondered with everything that was going on with Alec Manoa this year, because Alec Manoa was a big guy. And Alec Manoa Manoa likes to be the bully on the block. He did when he was going Not everybody likes Alec, let's be honest. But, yeah, I was kind of worried about that a little bit. You know, I... Given everything that had gone on with Alec Manoa, my thought was, geez, does this guy need another thing to to kind of think about? And I just think we kind of need to uh, mention that. First of all, because it's a cool story. Good on, good on Phil Nevin for doing yep. that. But I, I kind of, like, I wanted to see him react to that. I didn't expect him to melt down. But I just kind of wanted to see him react to that in this particular situation against a team that has Alex Verdugo. Um, a guy who has gotten under his skin in the past. Yeah, I think it's more of that two-seamer right into a righty. That That's the one thing you wanted to see. He didn't have a ton of those in there. He had four righties. Like he was, you know, he's feeling better glove side with the four-seamer. That's a good pitch, right? The the slider, he had better feel to that because he's used his legs more. I'm with you. It's not the easiest thing, right, to for Danny to set up into a righty. You know a two-seamer that you want to throw. You know you want to miss in there. If you're going to miss, you got to miss in there mm-hmm. and not be afraid to do it. And it looked to me like he was confident enough in his stuff that he could do that and move on with it. So yeah, it's cool. Like it's Phil Nevin, I played with Phil Nevin. He's a cool dude. Eddie and Ford Erie. What's up, Eddie? Hey, gentlemen. Good, night. Um, good evening tonight. How are you? We are doing well. A rare win over the Boston Red Sox. It's been at least seven years since I think I've uh, seen that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, Phil Eddie, I think you know. were calling me at ten in the morning the last time these suckers beat the Red Sox. Uh, I did. I don't remember. Eddie, you are always calling us at ten in the morning. Uh, well. One of the seven different shows I've done here. Anyhow, go ahead. Uh, you wanted to talk about Alec Manoa. Yeah, and you know what? Um, it's about the. Um rotation as well since they went to a six man um you know what i really think he's kind of uh, battling kikuchi as far as uh you know trying to one him up a little bit because kikuchi's like really raised the bar high like in, in, the, in the case of i want to stay in the rotation and and manoa's trying to do that as well but i was just thinking about 
the fact that we have two left-handers in the six-man rotation. Um, do you guys think that they can put another one in there, like Kikuchi or Ryu? Because they already have two in Cabrera and Meza. Is that, like, too much? Oh, you're or, talking about they... the bullpen, not the rotation. The bullpen. Yeah, yeah. because so, I was trying to, yeah. to think about, yeah, because now that you're in a six-man, it's like, okay, someone's going to go to the bullpen, someone's going to stay. And, and I think Kikuchi and Manoa are trying to, battle it out to see who wants to stay in there, you know, and that's what I think. And also I want to talk about David Schneider's uh, performance tonight. I mean, I know it's his first game, but I'll tell you something, gentlemen, it's always a good idea to get your first hit or your first home run in the first game out of the way. That way you don't have to worry about it throughout the evening or your second game, whenever that is. So I'm glad he, he took care of that tonight. Yeah, Eddie, I appreciate the call. And look, I mean, I'd much rather, frankly, I'd much rather, uh, I'd much rather ride with a dude like David Schneider, who's an organizational guy. This is just me than a guy like Ernie Clement or something like that. I, you know, David Schneider's a guy you drafted late. He's a guy who's kind of done everything he's supposed to do. He's stopped off at every level. I just think, I, I think, especially in this day and age, um, where frankly, a lot of organizations don't always have patience, you know, patience with the guy who's five, nine. I mean, you know, this, this kind of, it almost, 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 I'm not going to say it reminds me of Kevin Pillar, but there has been a history of this organization recently where guys have done that guys have come up and done that. And, um, yeah, look, it's a, it's a good story. And I'd rather have him out there than Ernie Clement or Jordan Luplo or, Whatever. Why not? And, and um, you know, I don't necessarily buy into the whole it's going to light a fire under the team and that, although I will say that might be the happiest I've seen this team in a long time. Yeah, I think they had to lead the first inning. With, that's what made them happy. That would, uh, that that would probably yeah, also. A couple, a couple of dudes that matter are hitting that hit home runs. Home runs. Like, yeah, they'd yeah. be happy. They'd be happy. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, no, by no means are they not happy for the new guy that just came up and has went through what he's went through to try to make it to the big leagues. He got a nice little swing. And again, this just says organizationally, if you're hitting because your big league team ain't hitting, we'll you're going to be up. on the big league team. Yeah. 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 No, I think that's a message that might percolate down into the to the Addison Bargers of the world or the Spencer Horowitzes of the world. Although I would think with the trade deadline passing and Biggio and Santiago Espinal still there. You know, but still, hey, uh, one thing you know about this team, they're going to be bringing guys up. At, at some point, they're going to be bringing a lot of guys up because guys are going to be going back and forth, uh, back and forth. As far as the bullpen goes, the only issue I have, Eddie, with kind of the way you painted that is... The only guy, the only pitcher of those three, Ryu, Mano, and Kikuchi, I would be comfortable using in relief as Kikuchi. And right now he's pitching the best of the three of them. So I think you kind of go with Kikuchi in the rotation. This is how I feel, Kevin. I think you run the six-man rotation a little more. Um, and, you know, yeah, I mean, Eddie does make a good point, though. If Chad Green is as close as we think he is, I mean, you're going to run out of innings. At some point, you're going to run out of innings with these guys. Now, maybe Trevor Richards is out for a longer period of time than 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 ten days. But man, I'll tell you, John Schneider would take that. He'd take that issue in a heartbeat. I got too many pitchers. I got too many guys who are good. Yeah. What do I do here? Yeah, I'm interested to see what the six man rotation thing comes to be. I, look, I think it for me determines is is a lot of conversation around the big three, right? Barrios, yep. Bassett, and especially Gossman. Go, especially Kevin Gossman because he's been a little, uh, he's been kind of wobbly the last 
the last two or three weeks. And I think again, everything again, is we built got, around Kevin Gossman. Yeah, we got to remember, too, he's got a lot of mileage on his arm. Yes. I mean, he is he has thrown a lot in his career, yep. and he's got two pitches. And if the velocity on the fastball is not there, like he's going to have to work through it. So I'm intrigued. Can't wait to see the outcome. Uh, John Schneider talked about Davis Schneider and uh, his home run and his first at bat. And um, I want to play the second clip talking about uh, Davis Schneider's approach. Plan, you know, he understands what pitchers are trying to do. He understands what he's good at. You know, you'll see some chase like we saw today. But, I mean, even the first pitch he swung at, I think, you know, he sees the first pitch change up from a veteran, you know, starting pitcher in Paxton. He fouls off a fastball, and it was an aggressive swing, and then he clips the cutter. It's just, you know... It's it's just the same, you know, like watching video of him all year. It's just a very consistent approach. It's patient and he's aggressive. Um, it's it's a really cool success story. You know, one thing you always talk about, Kevin, consistency, how much a manager, a, a manager can manage any situation if he knows what he's getting out of the dude. Predictability. Predictability. That, that, that's what it is. The the simple approach where <clears throat> what John said, it look it always looks the same. You know, no, no, no matter what the pitch is, if he's getting his good pitch, the swing looks the same. That's what you want, repeatability. That's why he canned the leg kick, because he couldn't repeat that. And he's going to be off balance on certain pitches, and that doesn't give him a chance to go to the big leagues. He knows he's a 28th rounder. you got to do things if you're a 28th rounder to pass other higher rounders. So, I like it, man. Good for him, and hopefully he continues to do it. They need a spark. Maybe he's it. Who well, it, it took a schneid to help get the Jays off the schneid at Fenway Park. How do you like that, Kevin? I've been thinking about that all night. 7-3, the Jays beating the Boston Red Sox at Fenway Park. The first of three games. We'll take a break and come back and look around the AL East. Has it been a good night for the Jays beyond what happened at Fenway Park? Eh, kind of a mixed evening so far, but we'll talk about it. Blue Jays talk on Sportsnet 590, the fan and the Sportsnet radio network. I think his stuff was a little bit different for one, especially in the first inning, but um, this league is about making adjustments. You know, we knew he was going to try to crowd us a little bit with the righties, and um, I thought our prep was great on him um, before the game and talking with what we were trying to do. Uh, Witt, you know, really just kind of started it with with an exclamation point. Vladdy, Vladdy clips him. Um, I thought our approach was really, really good. I think that's kind of what we we talk about, where you know everyone was kind of pulling in the same direction. Everyone was kind of um, understanding what he was going to do and you know what we were going to do to counteract what he was doing. So, um, really good pitcher, and you know coming off a really good outing against us. But um, I think that's what good teams do—they adjust. Folks, there was a ton in there. John Schneider's uh, comments about the team's approach. One of the things we talked about today in Blair and Barker. It was sort of a very delicate way of doing it, but I think the uh, well, let's just say that there is uh, the hitting coaches are coming under a great deal of scrutiny, not just from those of us in the media, but I think I think a few messages have been imparted to some of the uh, some of the hitting coaches about um, you know I'm I'm not saying that you want to do exactly what the Baltimore Orioles are doing. But I think that series, Kevin, where you had a team that basically everybody's got individual strengths and everybody's got individual weaknesses, but you can have a common approach and adjust accordingly. And that's essentially what John Schneider wants to see. It's quite frankly what this organization hasn't been given him for a lot of this year. 
And I, I think those were loaded words from the skipper. Boy, I love it. I lo- like that's the first time you've heard him say that nine dudes pulling in the same direction, not nine different directions. That's awesome. Like we we saw it in Baltimore, right? It was a it was a chase with one at bad. It was a guess with another at bad. It was over swinging in another path. Those are three different- sitting. Those are three different stuff. approaches. You can't you can't do that. And he mentioned that they. You know how Big Maple's trying to get you out. You got nine dudes that know it. Go up there and execute it. You got a better chance of, of winning a baseball game. It's about to, It took you four months. Yeah. Welcome to the party, baby. There you go. Uh, time now for the Major League Standings Watch presented by Bet365. With Bet365, you can watch thousands of live games, build your own bet, and you can even make a bet while the game's still being played. 19-plus play responsibly, Ontario only. As I mentioned, it's been a mixed bag tonight for uh, the Blue Jays in terms of the AL East standings. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles have beaten the New York Mets 10-3 to in the Showalter Bowl. My Tampa Bay Rays quickly dispatched the Detroit Tigers 8-0 tonight. And the cheating dog Houston Astros beat the New York Yankees 7-3. So the standings... As of this moment, the Baltimore Orioles are 68 and 42. They are in first place. Tampa Bay is 67 and 45. They are two back. Mr. Barker's Blue Jays are 61 and 50. They're seven and a half back. The Red Sox are 57 and 52, 10 and a half back. And the Yankees, they are 57 and 53. They are 11 back, three and a half out of the wild card spot. Uh, Boston is three games out of the wild card spot. Tampa Bay is five and a half up in the wild card spot. What a what a uh, what a mess the Mets are! Like like seriously, Buck Bucket fired. Oh God, I hope so. Um, no, that's not that's not fair. That's not fair. I don't think you know what. No, I don't think so because I think it's pretty obvious that um, based on getting rid of Scherzer and Ver, I think it's pretty obvious that the whole organization. Um, this was just, this was just a bad year for the whole organization in terms of how the team was constructed. Uh, I, th- what, what I guess is kind of interesting and what we don't know is how much of a say did Buck Showalter have in the dudes that came in here because Buck does like to have his fingerprints on, uh, on everything. Uh, so, you know, it'd be, it'd be good to know that, but no, I think you got, I, th- I think you probably give Buck Showalter another year. I mean, his reputation is such that you probably give him another year. Uh, my, my question would be, you know, if you're Buck Showalter, I, it just depends on what the organization does next. Like, I can't imagine the Mets. I, I'm not buying the whole we're going to be in a transitory phase. I call BS on that. I'm not buying that we're going to be in a transitory phase next year. The New York Mets, your, your, owner's a, your owner finds a billion dollars a night in the seat cushions. They'll do something. They'll do something. I mean, he spent $80 million at the trade deadline for Getting three rid prospects. Of for three prospects. Who's ever done that? <laughs> uh, very quickly, let's go to Sean in Edmonton. Hey, Sean, what's up? Hello, Sean. It's, uh, hey, are you guys able to hear me? Yeah, we are now. Fantastic. Sorry, guys. Um, what were your thoughts on with Hicks and Romano? Uh, when Romano comes back and Hicks does well, do you think it, it makes sense to keep Romano as a closer when he doesn't throw as hard, doesn't have that nastiness to him? I almost think it's it's a setup having Hicks going in the eighth and then having uh, Romano coming in the ninth. It, it might even look easier to the hitters, if anything. Um, and the other thing I wanted to throw at you was, is there any chance you ever see Kiermaier going to the top of the lineup with Merrifield and then running Bichette, Guerrero, and 
you got tons of options after that, whether it's Springer Chapman belt or something of that nature. Do you think that ever works? I appreciate the call. I mean, John Schneider's done a lot. That's, I mean, I never thought I'd see George Springer hitting second, so I'm not going to eliminate anything. I think especially when you get down the uh, in the final month of the season or so and you're going for a playoff spot, you, I mean, you know what John Schneider's like. If he has to win ball games, he's going to put together the lineup that gives him the best chance to win games. Um, I, I would, I don't know how I'd feel about that. Uh, I, I just don't. I think when Bo comes back, I think Bo hits second. You put him back in there and, 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 I, I just think that's the way it is. As for Romano and Hicks, look, I said, uh, I, I know Jordan Romano, when he comes back, he is going to be the closer. John Schneider has said that. Uh, and I don't think it's necessarily that whole thing about you don't lose your job when you get hurt. I just think when when he comes back, the Jays want to see him close. But I'll tell you what, uh, Jordan Hicks has got a, some runway here. And if he dominates the way he has, when Jordan Romano comes back, Jordan Romano is going to have to deliver. I, I think that's the easiest way to put it. We've seen it a bunch of times. In the eighth inning, it just seems like the meat of the order for the other team is rolling yeah. around. Who would you rather have in the eighth inning? The bigger issue, I think, maybe not the bigger issue, but, but the real wild card here is Chad Green when Chad Green comes back. Oh. What is he capable of doing? Because now you've introduced a whole new element to this, given how Tim, how good Tim Mays has been. Like they're gonna, It'll be fun if that all works out. It'll be a lot of fun. But to the caller's point, I can see Jordan Hicks getting the ball in the ninth inning in a big series in September. Absolutely. Yeah. He's got options now. 7-3. The Blue Jays have finally beaten the Boston Red Sox. They'll do it again tomorrow. Well, they'll play them tomorrow. Whether or not they win is another thing. But they'll play the Red Sox tomorrow in the second game of this three-game series. Thank you for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, brought to you by Crown Rust Protection. New and used vehicle prices are rising and inventory is scarce. Avoid the hassle of buying prematurely by making your vehicle last longer with Crown Rust Protection. For a special summer offer on rust protection, visit crown.com today.